Hey everyone, in today's show, I'm going to discuss the National Labor Relations Act and how that plays into HR investigations involving social media. Welcome to the HR Investigations Podcast, exploring the issues, challenges, strategies, and solutions. Sponsored by RPCHR and hosted by Natalie Ivey, an HR consultant, licensed PI, and author of the best-selling book, How to Conduct Internal Investigations, a Practical Guide for Human Resource Professionals. And now, here's Natalie. Hey everyone, welcome to today's show. So I'm going to be uh, changing gears a little bit from the last couple of episodes where I was talking about management training. And um, I had a listener email me and had some questions about dealing with social media cases. And uh, I felt it was important before we kind of get into the details around social media policies and that kind of stuff. I thought I would really devote an episode to discussing the National Labor Relations Act, because there are a lot of folks that really don't understand how social media can kind of affect the National Labor Relations Act. So let's get started. So first of all, the National Labor Relations Act, or the NLRA as it's called, was um, enacted way back in 1935. And uh, if you work in a union, uh, unionized environment, uh, we have a labor union president. You probably are quite familiar with a group called the National Labor Relations Board, the NLRB. They are the enforcing body for the National Labor Relations Act. So this law protects the rights of employees and employers, and it pr really protects the rights to do what's called collectively bargaining. In other words, negotiating the terms and conditions of a labor agreement between management and uh, the labor force. It also prohibits employers from engaging in what are called unfair labor practices, known as ULPs. And the NLRA, this applies even to private sector employers, regardless of whether you have a labor union or not. So don't think that, oh, well, we don't have a union now, so this doesn't apply to me. Well, contrary, it very well may. So the NLRA, that uh, applies to most organizations that act as employers um, or as uh, direct or indirect uh, agents of employers. Now, there are some that are excluded, specifically like federal and state offices or federal reserve banks, any employers like railroads and airlines that are subject to the Railway Labor Act, or even uh, labor unions and their officers and agents. Okay, So there are some exceptions to that and religious schools. Uh, so in June of 2020, the, the board, National Labor Relations Board, indicated that they're going to decline jurisdiction over religious school if the school holds itself out to the public as a religious institution, that it's nonprofit, and it is uh, religiously affiliated. All right, So those are some exceptions. But other than that, you know, if you don't fall into those categories, then the National Labor Relations Act certainly uh, applies. So how does this really tie in with social media? Well, under Section 7 of the National Labor Relations Act, it states that employees are allowed to engage in what are called concerted activities. Well, what does that mean? It means when two or more employees are really taking action for their mutual aid or protection regarding terms and conditions of employment. Like two employees are grumbling about their pay. Uh, they say, well, this this really sucks. You know, we should be making another three bucks an hour, you know, shift differential for third shift. Or uh, they uh, complain. They just really don't like the new uh, software that the company just implemented. They think it was a stupid decision. And okay, they're allowed to grumble about that kind of stuff. And that means they can also talk about their pay. All right. So this typically applies in, you know, in that, imagine a, a big, uh, like an automotive plant, or you have a big uh, manufacturing environment, 
employees that work uh, in an assembly or at equipment operation stations and they're grumbling with one another. They're working, but they're just kind of grumbling and grousing about their pay or their working conditions and so on. That's typically what we consider is concerted activity. That is their protected speech. Well, certainly with the development of all of the various social media sites that we have today, that certainly became a subject of controversy. And there was you know, a lot of subsequent litigation, especially in the early days of people really taking to Facebook. So fast forward to the current 2023 environment that we are in. A couple of things that I want you to really you know, think about. Number one is if you have a policy in your employee handbook about social media, that's a good thing. Having a policy that explains the do's and don'ts of posting, you know, where employees cannot post threatening messages, they can't be harassing someone and so on. But you also have to be very mindful, though, that your policy should have something in there that in no way is it restricting employee speech under Section 7, and that if they are engaging in concerted activity, but it happens to be on social media, that's okay. In other words, let me explain. If you have an employee who goes out there and complains about their pay, maybe they just got their performance review and they just uh, received a raise and the raise was, let's say, only 3% and they really felt they were deserving a 5 or 6 and they went out and complained about it and now the manager is frustrated and annoyed and maybe the employee said eh, a few unkind words also about said supervisor. So said supervisor's having a knee-jerk reaction to that and really wants to fire the employee. Careful, careful, careful here. Because um, if the employee went out there and was just complaining about pay and was just citing the opinion that the employee felt the manager was being unfair in how the manager evaluated them, that is protected speech. Now, if they crossed the line and they made some really threatening remarks about the manager, they harassed or they were in some way violating uh, your code of conduct with the way that they were uh, stating things, or if they said, let's say, some very defamatory things, defamatory meaning libelous, where they were saying things about the manager that are patently false. Okay, that's a very different thing. But here's what I really want you to understand is, number one, um, social media policies, they're great, but they need to be written very carefully. I would suggest you have legal counsel work on yours and ensure that in no way you're going to be running afoul of the National Labor Relations Act and employees' rights to engage in that type of speech online. The other thing you should really be careful about is having policies regarding confidentiality. I've seen a lot of small businesses have this type of policy because I understand the drama that it creates when employees discuss what they make per hour. You know, then you get everybody riled up, well, why does he get that much? Or why does he get that much? And then, you know, on and on it goes. So they like to have these policies, confidentiality policy that you're not allowed to talk about your pay. All right. Well, what did I just say about Section 7 of the MLRA? It does also apply to those of you who are non-union. So yes, I'm speaking about a lot of you that are smaller businesses. Your employees are allowed to talk about what they make. So if you have a policy in your handbook that says that they must keep their pay confidential, you can't do that. You are, in, you are restricting their protected speech under the NLRA because that is called concerted activity. They're allowed to do it. Um, the other things that they're allowed to talk about are certainly safety issues. They can talk about working conditions. Uh, they can discuss work schedules and you know all of those kinds of things they are allowed to discuss. A couple of other things that I want to point out about social media. There are a lot of times uh, supervisors get really, really upset about posts. And I, I've dealt with a number of these, and sometimes, depending on what an employee posts, it will trigger an investigation. 
because you know some of the things they may have said are are really you know very salacious. They may be very defamatory, and uh, it requires certainly a subsequent investigation. But one of the first things that I think is really important, uh, and I discussed this in man when I was discussing management training in my last two episodes. This is also something that needs to be included in management training is to help supervisors understand that maintaining composure today is absolutely essential. Uh, you know, a knee-jerk reaction because an employee posts something to social media and causes the manager to immediately try to retaliate, um, that's going to cause you to step on some legal landmines. So I really think it's important uh, that you train your supervisors on your social media policy so they have an understanding of what they are supposed to do to enforce it. Uh, the other thing that's important is, uh, from an investigative standpoint, is once they become aware of, let's say, certain posts, is preserving that. Uh, always get the URL. Uh, if you go back out after a manager said, hey, this is what I saw on Facebook, and then you go try to find it, it could be the proverbial needle in a haystack. So always get the URL. I would ask them to print out a hard copy of it. That way it's also preserved uh, in the event someone uh, took it down. But then it's going to shift into how do you know that the employee has violated your policy? Well, that's going to be, and it depends. Uh, it's going to be really looking very specifically at what was posted, what were the words that were used, what were the phrases that were used? Uh, did the employee identify themselves? Did they specifically say you know something that really was patently false that would be defamatory? Were they threatening? Uh, did they engage in harassment? Did they make note of any protected characteristics? Like, did they make some uh, remarks that were of a, like racial slurs or uh, slurs regarding someone's national origin or religious faith? You see, there's a lot of elements to it. Uh, just because someone was citing their opinion out on social media, it doesn't necessarily mean they violated your policy. So what you've really got to do here is evaluate, is it Section 7 concerted activity protected under the NLRA or is what they just posted pretty gnarly and it has violated our policy? In a future episode, I will delve into social media a little bit more, but hopefully this episode has at least given you a heads up that uh, you need to take a look at your social media policy and you also probably need to do a little bit more of that management training to teach supervisors what the do's and don'ts are out on social media. And by the way, I would strongly encourage your supervisors not to friend their employees. All right, so that's it. Until next time, I look forward to seeing you back at another HR Investigations podcast. See ya. Thanks for joining us today on the HR Investigations podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like, and share the show with any colleagues who will benefit from our strategies and solutions. For free bonus resources, simply visit hr-investigations.com. And remember, if you'd like some help with improving your investigative skills, or if your organization is in need of an external investigator to help with the case, please get in touch with us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.